to Good, Good Talk. Talk. That is quite the intro. Wow. Yeah, Look at this know. guy over here. Just All trying right. to... Switch it up on you. All right. <laughs> cool. Good talk. <laughs> yeah, good talk. So uh, here we are today on the Talking That Is Good. Hope you're having a wonderful, good day. Whatever day it is that you're watching this. You know what I realized? How much I actually say good talk now that we named the podcast. Like, I'll have a conversation with someone and like, as I'm wa- especially if it's awkward when I'm walking <laughs> away, I'm like, good talk. Good talk. <laughs> I say it all the time. I didn't realize that until, uh, anyways. I, I kind of realized the other day, I'm actually not good at small talk. Mm. I, I feel like I run out of things yeah. very quickly to yeah. say, and then it's just kind of standing there like, "Yeah, how do I get out of this situation? <laughs> Big ups, huh? Yeah. It's, well, it's, see you later. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't, there needs to be a class on small talk. Yeah, you know what we should do? We should do what like football players do. We should get like a little sleeve band with like topics and stuff. Like little <laughs> with their plays key, on yeah, it. Key words that you could say. Oh so gosh. you're like, hey, how are you? Hold on a second. How's the weather today? You know what I mean? mean? Just like little one-liners that you could ask. I don't know. And I feel bad because even like sometimes when it comes to like meeting a student for the first time, it's like, hey, how are you doing? What's your name? Where do you go to school? Do you like to do sports? No. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Do you play video games? No. Oh. Oh, Oh, yeah. This is tough. So what questions do you want me to ask you next time I talk to you? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, it's really good, too, when somebody doesn't want to have small talk mm. because not only is it difficult to just like drum up a conversation out of nothing, but then if they don't want to have a conversation, <laughs> it's real bad. I'm so sorry. I just want to get to know you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Forgive me. Oh my gosh. It's good stuff. Well, uh, so we're going to jump right into the talking that is good today. Uh, Wait, you want to ask the question, right? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. I got, sorry. I got a question. All right, good. So one good of the vibes. questions that we'll start off is just kind of lighthearted and fun, um, but it could be serious. Some people probably have very strong opinions about this, and it's not necessarily biblical, but it's a good question. It says, who are y'all's favorite superheroes, <laughs> Marvel and DC? All right, cool. You, I got mine. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 100%. It's Batman. Batman? Like, just... That's it. No, no question about it. So that would be DC, and then in Marvel would be Punisher. Oh, okay, wow. Because that was easy. Yeah, because <laughs> they're amazing. They have zero superpowers, mm. but yet they just kick tail. I mean, like they. I mean, think about it. Now, Batman has a slight advantage over the Punisher because he has like infinite wealth, so he just mm. has really cool gadgets and stuff. But I mean, they're just really mad people. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be stopped by anybody. Um, and what's cool about Batman is, like, it's not really explained. Maybe if you are, like, a true comic follower, you know this. But he's brilliant. Like, mm. he's super smart, you know. Um, and, like, even in the Justice League, not the movies, but, like, the cartoon, he always has, like, uh, he knows all of, even in the Justice League, he knows, like, all of their strengths and all mm. their weaknesses because he doesn't have superpowers. So he gets his edge by like studying them and knowing them. So that way, if they turn on him, he can defeat any of them regardless of their superpowers. It's just really cool because it just proves that you don't have to have superpowers to be a superhero. See, that's you can just be mad that you (laughs) lost your parents and just like, you know what I mean? But I mean, I get that. That's definitely like a good, I don't know story i guess you could say i can understand how people can connect with that obviously but in my mind that they're not a superhero they're just a hero 
you know? Okay, so what makes a, so it's purely abilities that make someone a superhero? I think so, yeah. It can't be because they do super things? I mean, they could do super things, but they're okay. not superheroes. They're just heroes that do super things at that point. Making them, <laughs> i.e., a superhero. I don't know, man. Like, and I, I've, maybe I'm, I'm the only one. You're in this not, camp. because I hear that <laughs> argument all the time. Batman's not a superhero. Pun- Punisher's probably not a superhero because he's just a real grungy, gross. <laughs> revenge-based dude who really doesn't do a ton of good. He's just out for revenge on everything that is bad. So I could get it with like him not being a superhero because he just has guns and can tolerate a lot of pain. (laughs) So that's pretty much his superpower. Yeah, I mean, so again, I I agree with you in that sense of, yes, they are technically superheroes because they do like super things that most people would not ever want to do or be able to be capable of doing. I don't know. I just, I guess I never... Even though they're superheroes in my mind, like they're not real superheroes. So would Iron Man not be a superhero to you because he doesn't have and superpowers? Yeah. I mean, yeah, in some ways I think he kind of still falls in that same camp because he, he's just super smart and he has a lot of wealth and he's able to make a suit that is very super light. So you're going to take the guy <laughs> that saved the entire universe. <laughs> he snapped and, us and, back into and existence. And reversed Thanos's, the most powerful supervillain <laughs> to ever live. You're going to take that guy and diminish him all the way down to not being a superhero. Yeah, he's just a dude with a lot of money. You really, really should have been at his funeral and gave the speech. <laughs> you really should have been there. He was a good guy, but not a super guy, you know? <laughs> but he's pretty terrible in retrospect compared to the rest of you guys. You guys are the real heroes, you yeah. know? I don't know. Maybe my argument's falling apart here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've actually heard that argument a lot as far as Batman is concerned. But, I mean, his his brilliance and his ability to plan, and I mean, that's a superpower, man, because a lot of people are not smart like that and Mm -hmm. can't, uh, you know, plan and strategize. And so, I mean, it's low-key kind of a superpower. It's just not one that's been given to him by some weird alien planet you yeah, know what i mean you didn't get bit by a radioactive spider and become exactly a radioactive bat <laughs> yeah so yeah and that actually makes ooh, this is a good one okay. because i think our question our topic for today is about like being a disciple and like taking up your cross that's another thing I love about Batman. Like, you see, like, all these superheroes, like Peter Parker. Ooh, I got bit by a spider, but I don't want to be a superhero. I just want to be a teenager. Blah, 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 blah. Batman's like, dude, I have a duty to do this. And I'm not going to let the fact that I don't have superpowers stop me from changing the world and being a force for good in the world. I'm going to do this. And you see all these babies with superpowers, and they're like, nah. you know what I mean? I don't want to save the world. Eh, I just want to be a teenager who goes this to high curse school. This come upon exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> heavy is the crown. And it's like they give them this conflict, and it's like, dude, you got superpowers. Like, be, oh like Superman's another one. You know what I mean? It's just like, I want to be a normal guy. Well, you're not a normal guy. Get over <laughs> it. Be a superhero, you lame face. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So Batman doesn't have that conflict. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, they gave it to him a little bit like in the trilogy that Christopher Nolan did at the end. He just Mm. wanted to like have a relationship with some lady and just be a normal guy, you know. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it's Hollywood. It's a movie. But (laughs) for the most part in the comics, Batman doesn't have this conflict with his alter ego. He's just like. I'm Batman. Batman. <laughs> I gotta do what a Batman does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will destroy everything. <laughs> so it's amazing. These mics really allow you to do a good right? Batman voice. It's they so really good. do. I should go into voice acting. I don't know uh, what I would do it for, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> so uh, yeah. So I said mine. I gave my argument, but I don't think you've answered it. I haven't, and I'll I'll definitely say this. I'll be very real with you. Uh, I've always enjoyed superhero stuff, but I'm not I, what I would consider like a die hard like. 
sure. comic book yeah. fan, and so I will probably like really offend people with nah. my lack of knowledge of all of these superheroes. So, but I will say this: I love Spider-Man. Always been yeah, a big okay. Spider-Man fan. Yeah. Um, but kind of in the similar thing, I even though the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was not my favorite Spider-Man, the fact that he had super spider abilities after being bit by the spider, not that the spider influenced him to become Spider-Man, it's basically it made him become Spider-Man. Like, because when he shot his web, like, the web was legit part of him. coming out of his Ugh, body. So gross. You know, it wasn't like with the newer age Spider-Man. Well, I, I don't know if it's newer age. I guess maybe that was... See, this is where my lack of comic yeah, knowledge comes. Yeah. The original Spider-Man, I think, actually did have, like... Technically, in technical, the comics. Yeah, yes. technology that made it happen. Right. So, um, I don't know. I enjoyed the fact that it was like, oh, wow, that spider, like, legit, like, altered who he was and made him be, like, Spider-Man. Um, so, I always thought he was really cool. So, I would definitely say he's one of my favorites, but I've always been a huge Venom dude, too. Like, because that was, like, back when I was little, the Spider-Man cartoons would come on. They'd be on, like, every day I'd get after school. And I liked that Venom was maybe kind of similar to Batman in the way of just, like, dude was just, like, brute force strength and just, like, went in and just did what he needed to do. And even though he was kind of, like, an anti-hero, he was still somewhat of a good See, guy. See, I know nothing about Is he? I thought he was a bad guy. He, I think he's he started out as a bad guy. I think he kind of mostly is a bad guy. But at the same time, if it benefits him, he will do it. So if there are, like, gotcha. good things that are going on and it's going to He's a part of it. He's a part of it. You know, if it's going to benefit him in the end, he's with That's it. That's so. the superhero you want. Like, how does this benefit I, me, yeah, and so if it again, doesn't, I'm going to be bad. But I think he's more of an anti-hero, which is, is so maybe uh, this isn't uh, applicable. This is falling apart. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when it comes to DC, I don't really follow uh, DC so much, so I don't know who my favorite would be, because I will say this. I hate all the DC movies. The DC movies yeah. are not good. Well, I don't hate all of them. I, I can't say that, because Wonder Woman was pretty good. And then I did see a DC one that was decent recently, but I can't remember what it was. The Batman trilogy. You cannot okay. say you hate yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and maybe that's what it is. I don't like when DC tries to be Marvel because I feel like that's happened a couple times where like they're maybe they're not trying to be, but they're trying to like interwove, interweave like some comedy in yeah. there, and it's just not good. But yeah. when they went with like full dark, dark. with like the Dark Knight <laughs> trilogy, is like okay. DC, you're yeah. doing something good here. Yeah. Just roll with this. Yeah. Like, just be your own thing. Yeah. And so I, I enjoyed that a lot. As um, far as movies go, Marvel's got it figured out. The oh, comedy, yeah. the comedic relief with the story, like yeah. in the universe. Mm -hmm. I think that DC gets in trouble when they try to make their universe as big as Marvel. Like, they should just almost leave it about like individual characters yeah. and just like do their story. Yeah. I feel like DC always has a really good idea and they have really good visuals that go with their ideas but sometimes telling the story is yeah. not their strongest suit yeah marvel's got the story side how they how they've just done like everything and it's all interwoven like, and really sometimes you crazy. go back to old movies and you're like what yeah. they thought of that 12 yeah. years ago and now yeah. we're here talking about it again like that's yeah. crazy it is crazy so uh i'll get back to you on my favorite dc hero because i honestly cannot think of anyone that i really like right now because i just don't really spider-man's a good pick uh Funny story, I guess not really funny, but last night I literally Googled how to watch the Spider-Man movies on streaming service. And oh, they really? just don't... Yeah, because I wanted to watch them. I really like... Like, the Tobey Maguire, the first mm -hmm. one, was so good. Yeah. I felt like they declined in the second and the third. But then I'm just... I really like the Andrew Garfield Man. series. Like, yeah. I mean, he... 
and I like I get like and we're spending a lot of time talking about this, it's but fine. you know, it's okay. uh, he he really bought like some swagger to, to but he balanced it. He yeah. was a nerd, which and then he was also cool. And he I don't know, he just played the part really really well. And like the new kid, the British kid, he does a good job too. <laughs> I like British him. Kid. I don't know his name, Tom Holland. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He does a good job too. He Andrew really, Garfield's a British kid too, you know. Oh yeah, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we're we're just outsourcing Spider-Man now. Um, but you know, they they both do. I, all three of them. I felt like I felt like Tobey Maguire fell suspect to poor writing in this in the latter two. But all three of them, I felt like they did their part. That, and then also, I watched an interview with Tobey Maguire, and he was like, "We already did this movie once. Do we really have to do it again?" You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> bro, like just be excited that you got a movie, yeah. man. Uh, but I feel like the the new kid really he does a good job Holland or whatever yeah, you said yeah yeah, yeah so. I, I feel like to me Andrew Garfield was like the coolest Spider Man yeah. like, like he did a really good job as Spider Man Tom Holland's a uh, great Peter, Peter Parker. Parker okay I get that you know? I then, get that Toby, I see that Toby's yeah. decent all around I just feel like he was slightly too old for Peter Parker like uh, they, they kind of went a little older with they him did. which yeah. is fine it's just I don't know I like that to me Tom Holland is like the perfect he is age range even he though is. I know he's not not technically like 15 right. or whatever but like he played that that age yeah. very well yeah that's a good yeah i i know that there's that argument always on the other side of it like when it comes to batman are they a good batman or a good bruce wayne mm, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. you know and so all right good talk <laughs> anyway so if you didn't like comics or you like comments i hope you like that um no but, one uh, comments in our videos but if you do let us know who your favorite superhero <laughs> is i'm talking to you noah mackins yeah and noah Sebastian who's your Turk, favorite guys He's i know be who like love. uh what is it moon knight that's what noah's gonna say calling it now <laughs> yeah and then black panther black moon panther. knight and black panther which black panther that was awesome hmm that was a really good movie. It was a great movie. I, we watched so we rewatched all the Marvel movies recently because we're mm. like, hey, they're all. That's here what on I started Disney. last night. Let's do this. Yeah, man, I I'd realized I'd only seen a lot of those movies like once, you mm. know, because I only saw them in theaters, and so mm. there was so much that I forgot about. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is a really like all the Thor movies. I thought I didn't really I, like them that much, but I then I watched them again. Thor. I was like, these are actually really good. I love the Thor movies. And then the Black Panther movie was super good. So I'm excited to see what they do with Black Panther two. It's gonna be a little bit different, but yeah, it's gonna sure. be good. Anyway, any hoozle. Any uh, Any hooey. So the real, the real good talk of the day, if that's what you would say, the mm. real good talk of the day. All right, so here's the question we got. It said, what did the Lord mean when he said, in order to be his disciple, you need to deny yourself and take up your cross? Cool. Would you like to take a stabby stab? What did the Lord mean? Well, to me, I think it's pretty simple. Um, being a true disciple, and this is something that we've kind of started doing in a blaze several years ago, the Lord put it on my heart, is moving away from the word Christian mm-hmm. and getting back to the word disciple. Because Christian's never really seen in the Bible, but disciple's seen all through the Bible. Mm. And we know from the Bible that it doesn't say be a Christian, it says be a disciple. Mm. And so a disciple, the definition is, is somebody who follows the commands of their master mm-hmm. or their instructor. Um and I think that that's really what he meant is when he said, deny yourself. There's a lot of Christians who say Jesus is their Lord and their Savior, but he's just their Savior, which means they have eternal salvation, but they're still down here doing what they want to do, how yeah. they want to do it, when they want to do it. And that's not really being a disciple. Right. A disciple means that you are in completely, and Jesus is not just Savior, but he's your Lord. Mm. And if you go back in time in history, Lord was a very powerful thing. Like right. when your Lord gave you an instruction, and you know, even in medieval times and stuff, they're like, yes, Lord. I mean, whatever they said, whether it was good or bad, they were like, yes, Lord. And they just did it. Mm. 
And that's what being a disciple means. It means that uh, you're not going to argue with Jesus when he tells you to do something. You're not going to argue with God when you read something in the Word of God that stretches your life. Um, like, we'll use an easy one, tithing. Mm. You know, the Bible says that we're supposed to give 10% of the first fruits of our increase to the Lord. And a lot of people don't do it because they are not willing to be a disciple mm. in that area of their life. And so they make up all sorts of arguments, right? That's Old Covenant, which we know that that's not true. We see sure. Jesus talking about in the New Covenant. Um, but they make all sorts of, you know, and so in that area, they are choosing that he is just Savior, mm -hmm. but he's not Lord. You're right. And being a disciple means that you don't just get the benefits of being with Christ, but you also have to do the difficult things. Mm -hmm. And like even the scriptures say, share in my sufferings. Mm. And, you know, we want to be perfectly clear we never suffer in the things that he delivered us from. So I don't suffer in poverty. I don't suffer in disease. I don't suffer in eternal damnation. I've been delivered by those things. But I must suffer in my flesh. What does that mean? I don't always get to do what Robert wants to do. Mm -hmm. I must go to my Lord yeah. when I want to do something and say, is this acceptable in your sight? And if I'm a real disciple, if he says, no, it's not, then I'm going to say, okay, and I'm going to go a different direction. Right. And so that's what Jesus was saying when he said, be my disciple. Um, and so, you know, you chime in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one thing that I've, I guess, tried of uh, just in my recent time of just kind of like listening to different ministers and stuff like that and just kind of understanding the gospel, what it means for myself and everything. And what's really cool is if everything that you're saying right now is that you've got to basically remove yourself from the equation and say, God knows better than I know, yes. and I want to follow after him. And so when Jesus says you need to deny yourself, he's basically saying, like, look, I've been preaching that I'm the way and the truth and the life. You know, you need to take this up and follow after me. If you want to follow after the way, if you want to get to know the truth, if you want to have the life that I've been preaching about, you got to put all that other stuff behind. Yeah. you got to leave it at the wayside and go forward in me. Um, one of the things that's really cool is, you know, the book of James has been kind of controversial for some people because, you know, Apostle Paul talks about how faith alone, you know, allows you to walk out this salvation, but the book of James talks about, well, without works, your faith is dead. Yeah. And so basically what the book of James is telling you is that if you have true faith, if you believe what Jesus is what he says he is and you follow after him, like your faith will actually in turn start to produce these works. You will start to reflect a life that is good and that is yeah. fruitful. And so if you want to have a fruitful life, you have to truly take up the cross and truly take yeah. up the way and the life that is Jesus Christ. And I think that that's what Jesus is saying here is that I can be your savior, but if you want him, if you accept me as your Lord, not only will you have a good life, but you'll have a fruitful life. Yeah, that's true. And that's what disciples are. He said, uh, you know, even the commandment in the very beginning, be fruitful mm -hmm. and multiply. Yeah. So we're supposed to have fruitful lives. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at the cross, a lot of Christians don't like this, but the cross is an image of suffering. Mm. It is an image of hardship. Yeah. It is an image of difficulty. And again, that doesn't mean we're going to have hardship in the things we've been delivered from, you know, and it doesn't mean we're going to have hardship when it comes to the promises, you know, like uh, marriage is a good one. We've been promised that if we will do these biblical principles concerning marriage, our marriage will be heaven on earth. So, but yeah, at the same time, we have to understand that we do have an adversary. Mm -hmm. We do have a devil who the book of Peter says he's like a roaring lion, seek in whom he may devour. And he does that in many different ways. One way is with temptation. Yeah. And 
when you resist temptation, what you're doing is you're crucifying the flesh. Mm. You are suffering in the flesh for the cause of Christ because the flesh still likes to be gratified. Our flesh didn't get born again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I say the flesh, that's very Christian talk, but that's talking about like, you know, the body. and earthly desires. Yeah, like our flesh. We love to eat. Yeah. We love like the pleasures of the flesh, whether it's sex or whatever, you know, uh, some people love to drink. That's a pleasure, you know, smoke weed, whatever it might be. We have these fleshly urges, urges and desires that we like because of the enjoyment and the feeling that they bring us. But those need to be crucified for Mm -hmm. Christ. And we need to be sure what does he say about these things? Um, And some of those things are actually from God absolutely. and the devil tries to pervert them absolutely. and get them out of their proper place. Absolutely. You know, the especially when it comes to like sexual things, uh-huh. like that is very much from God. hundred uh, percent. wants you to have a, an amazing sexual life with your spouse because that's, that's right. where it was made for. Um, but the devil wants you to get that out of order. Yeah. And that's where it kind of comes into a conflict there because if you can, I guess if you don't resist the devil and you start to do those things out of con- out of order, then that's where your life becomes corrupted and yeah. it becomes harmful for yourself. Yeah, and even, yeah, when you say out of order, what we're talking about is the Bible says one man, one right. woman coming together in a, bond, a union of marriage, mm-hmm. and then they enter into this covenant right. of sexual engagement. And we, that's a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we could really go into that. That's the importance of sex Mm -hmm. in a marriage is when two individuals who've been practiced abstinence for their whole life come together and they have sex for the first time. They're striking a covenant together Mm -hmm. and covenant is powerful. That's what we have with God. It's an agreement that we have with God. And our agreement is if you are my disciple and you pick up your cross, then here's all the things I'm going to do for you. Right. Right. And that's a covenant. That's an agreement. God has given us clear instructions in his word guidelines we're supposed to follow. I talked about this the other day at church when I took up the tithes and offering. I live in a covenant-bound neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So that means there's things that I must do to live in that neighborhood. We just installed a fence, and they're like, you got to paint that sucker. And I was like, I don't want to paint that sucker. (laughs) And they're like, listen, you're in a covenant. You have to, if you want to live here, this is the covenant, and you have to keep this covenant. Well, God is the same way. As a Christian, we live in a covenant yeah. <laughs> relationship, and in order to abide in that relationship, yeah. there are things we must do. Right. We must be a disciple. We must pick up our cross. Mm-hmm. And so he told us, don't have sex outside of marriage. Yeah. That's part of your cross. Right. That's part of being a disciple. And even though the flesh craves it, and like you said, it is a God-given desire, yeah. but it has to be performed and done in the right context, right? right? And that's when we really are fruitful. That's mm-hmm. when our marriage is fruitful. That's when we are multiplying by having children yeah. and raising them in the things of the Lord, and, and then they're fruitful. But all that's done within the covenant and the agreement we have with God by us being disciples yeah. and carrying our cross. And it's so cool that you said abide, because I was reading John 15 this morning, mm. and it was... I just love that whole, yeah. like, abide in me and I abide yeah, in yeah, you. Yeah. I am the vine and you are the brand. Like, all that's just so beautiful and poetic, but also so good. Um, but I, I, like, read one of the verses right there at the beginning. I didn't realize before, but it said that even the fruitful branches he prunes. Mm-hmm. So right. And he prunes them so that way they can produce, produce more. more fruit yeah. and, like, a richer fruit and an mm-hmm. everlasting. Like, it's just so good that even 
as a disciple, you can be doing all the right things, but God still wants to prune you. God yeah. still wants to to make sure you can be even better. And that's, that, right. that's part of taking up your cross is yep. saying that like, even if you've had a good life without God, because it's possible to have a good life without sure. God. You might not have the the greatest life, and you might not have the the abundant life that He died to give you. But what He's saying is like, you've had a good life up until now. But if you follow after Me, you can have a great life, yeah. and we can start to prune some things that can be even more fruitful, yeah. and, and a richer fruit, and a more satisfying fruit. And so denying Inter- eternal fruit, an eternal fruit. Mm-hmm. And if you deny yourself and you follow after Me, I can start to prune you and start to show you how to produce that fruit. Yeah, absolutely. And then even in John 15, which is great, and it doesn't get a lot of focus, but Jesus said, apart from me, Mm. you can do nothing. Yeah. So being a disciple and carrying our cross keeps us connected to him, Mm -hmm. because that means if we are being a disciple, a true disciple, and we're truly carrying our cross, that means we are committed to cutting everything out of our life that would separate us from him, Yeah, that's good. which in turn means we're empowered to do what he's called us to do, and we're empowered to receive these promises that Jesus gave. Yeah. You know, lots of times when people look at the lives of others and they're like, they're a Christian, why are they having this difficulty? They're a Christian, why are they going through this? Lots of times it's because they slipped in their discipleship, mm. and they opened up the door to things that Jesus delivered them from. Yeah. It's very important, and I'm not saying even if we keep that door closed, we are going to have struggles because yeah. we live in a fallen world and For the sure. devil's here. But when those struggles come, you're empowered to overcome them. Just like Jesus said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And right. then we know the scriptures, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. We have this empowerment by the Holy Spirit through our relationship with God to overcome any obstacle. Yeah. But when we slip in our discipleship, we lose that connection that empowers us to overcome the yeah. struggles of this life. And so it's important. It may look like, well, Pastor Rhonda says it this way, right? Short-term pain for long-term gain. And that's really what it's about. You know, I want to do this, but I understand I'm not going to do this because I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer in this area Mm -hmm. so that way I can in the long run be victorious. Yeah. You know? And I think just the church and Christians as a whole need to get back to discipleship. Yeah. There's a lot of Christians who are living for themselves. Who are living to gratify themselves, and then they slap Christianity onto their life, thinking that that's going to save them. And an argument can be made: if you truly belong to Jesus, there will be fruit with your repentance, right. as you said. So, if you truly belong to Jesus, there's going to be a lifestyle right. that acts as evidence. Right. And I think that's what the Book of James is kind of talking about: is that like, yes, faith does save you, but mm-hmm. if it's real faith to you, if you truly believe in it. There's going to be works in your life that reflect mm-hmm. that you've made that decision with mm-hmm. your faith. Uh, it, it was so good. I, when I was researching a couple of weeks ago, I, there was something that Gandhi had said. He said, in order for God to be God, he must rule the heart and transform it. Mm-hmm. So meaning, if God truly is your God, if God is real, he must rule your heart. Not only rule your heart, but transform your heart. So yeah. that way you're able to completely change how you see the world. Like Jesus said, repent. Yeah. 180, change your viewpoint, change your thoughts on how you see the world for the kingdom of heaven is accessible. You know, you're not meant to go about your life in the way that the world says you should. That's right. You're meant to go about the way your life that Jesus says you should. Uh, Something that's really sticking out to me right now that I feel impressed to say is that 
when you pick up your cross, it's a way to lead people to the cross. Yeah. You know, you're still working out things in your life, and that's fine. But when people see you working that out, when people see you following after God, even if you don't have it all right just yet, if they see you picking up your cross, they see you carrying the cross, you're going to lead people to the cross. Yeah. So don't be discouraged that if God's pruning you right now and you're in a season yeah, of, a re- good uh, thing. Uh, of, of shaping and reconstructing yeah. or whatever, God can still use you in that place. God wants to use you in that place because we're all under some yeah. level of construction. Yeah. And even Jesus said that to drive home your point. He said, if I be lifted up on earth, yeah. I will draw all men to me. Mm. Well, how was he lifted up? He was lifted up on that cross. Yeah. And at that moment, all eyes on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were all looking at him. And he was even making a further statement about that being lifted up by the resurrection. But that's a good point. As we carry our cross, people will notice because it does put a difference about yeah. you. Yeah. Right? There was a difference about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the difference was, regardless of the hardship, regardless of the self-sacrifice, yeah. regardless of what it cost him, he was willing to follow his father. Mm-hmm. Even if that led to a crucifixion yeah. on Calvary's hill, he was willing to do it. And because of that, people followed him. Mm-hmm. Because of that, people looked to him. Yeah. Because of that, people noticed him. Because of that, he was able to help people. And, uh, you know, and we have been called to do the same. Yeah. Whether it's our friends, our family, our schoolmates, people we work with, as we carry our cross, it, 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 it presents a difference about your life and your mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yeah. You know, uh, you don't get mad about the things that people get mad about. You don't get, you know, whatever. You don't indulge in the same things that people indulge in. Your life is a difference. And that's really what it should be about. Mm-hmm. You know, we are different. Yeah. We are. And because we, we are disciples. Yeah. We have denied ourselves. We decided to carry our cross. And that means I'm going to endure hardships for Jesus Christ. And uh, because of that, my life's going to be an example to others. Yeah. And it's going to minister to others. So good. Yeah. Man, I feel like there was something that stuck out to me and I lost it. Where did it go? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I want to read this meme if I can find it. Oh, you got a meme. Uh, Yeah. First meme on the talk. (laughs) First, because it's floating around and it's caused a lot of... um, Feathers being ruffled. Yeah, not only feathers <laughs> being, yeah, not only feathers being, but a lot of uh, disagreement amongst Christians. Ooh. And the reason why it's caused a lot of disagreement amongst Christians is because a lot of Christians believe that you can. Well, just let me read it. Okay. Um, read it. It says, uh, uh, "They do what makes uh, the do what makes you happy." Culture is so toxic for Christians. We are not called to do what makes us happy. We're called to do what glorifies God. Hmm. Christianity isn't always sunshine and happiness. It's hard work and dedication to him, not us. Do what glorifies God. Hmm. Now, That's a meme? <laughs> well, isn't that what those are called? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, guess, well, I, my, my, I, th- I guess when I think of a meme, I think yeah. of like a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't know really what to call this. I, just, An this inspirational was picture. <laughs> inspirational picture. So anyways, uh, the person who posted this on their Facebook feed is in a, a relationship that's not really uh, with biblical standards, okay. but they claim to be a Christian. Interesting. And so they're very upset about this mean because they said that they can't believe that a loving God who would sacrifice Jesus wouldn't want us to be happy. So this line in here that says, um, culture is so toxic for Christians, we are not called to do what makes us happy. So they're like, well, how could a good God not want me to be happy? Yeah. I'm in this li- illegitimate relationship based off of the word of God. It's illegitimate. Right. But this relationship makes me happy. Hmm. 
So doesn't God want me in this relationship since it makes me happy? I can't. And what they're saying, if you go and you read this, because they, they posted a long blurb about it, and then they posted sure. the, the meme or the inspirational right. post. And they're like, my God is a loving God who cares about my life, and he's a good God, mm -hmm. and he wants my life to be happy. This relationship brings me happiness, so doesn't God want me in this relationship? And so they're taking direct opposition to this post, but this post is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. And what they're failing to see is when we live a life that makes him happy, yeah. he will produce in us and in this world the things that make us happy. Right, Just exactly. like this, he gives us the desires exactly. of our heart. But what this person is doing is they're confusing it with this is the desire of my heart, so won't God give this to me? Right. Well, if it doesn't line up with his word, no. Right. He's not going to give mm -hmm. that to you. You're, you're in an illegitimate relationship. But it's just this, this whole thing is the struggle of Christianity mm -hmm. right now in the church of the United States yeah. of America. It's Christianity isn't always sunshine and happiness. It's hard work and dedication to him, not us. Do what glorifies God. Mm -hmm. If your illegitimate relationship doesn't glorify God, and what glorifies God? What's written in his word. Yeah. When we live by his word, our lives glorify him. Mm -hmm. And so we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, dedicate our lives to him. See, the reason why this person has a problem with this post mm -hmm. and this meme is because they've made their life about them. Yeah. Man. And then they've twisted it within the context of my life is about me because God wants me happy. Mm. But that's so wrong from what the Bible teaches us because yeah. the Bible is all about him and about Jesus. And when we dedicate and become disciples to him, how he will in turn gratify us with a good life here on earth until we get to heaven and have the great life of, you know, all of eternity. Right. And so this is a big problem in the modern church. Yeah. And the church has lost its uh, conviction mm -hmm. and has lost its, they've gotten confused. The, and they think that Christianity is about us being happy mm. and us having a good life. Yeah. And that's not what, you will be happy right. and you will have a good life, but that's not what it's about. Yeah, yeah. It's about him. Mm -hmm. And it's about doing whatever is necessary to follow him. Absolutely. To be a disciple, not a Christian. Mm -hmm. Because if you study it out, Christianity was actually a derogatory term right. that the world gave to people who were following Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, it's meant to be an insult. Right. Look at those Christians. They're, you know what I mean? Right. They're trying to be. So, Look at those Christ followers. Exactly. <laughs> right. And so, uh, but there's no substance behind Christianity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you ask most people in the United States of America, if they're Christian, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Right. It's like a club. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> almost like, club. I play my dues. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like if you live in the United States of America, are you an American? Well, yeah, I live here. Of course yeah, I'm yeah. an American. Right. And it's, it's almost become this thing where it's just like, sure. Why What's not? another label? You know? <laughs> What's a, but this is indicative of the problem because there's another study mm. that said the age group between 18 of 30 Christians between ages of 18 and 30 believe that Muhammad and Buddha is just as much of a way to God as Jesus Christ. Hmm. So what does that mean? That means that they've gotten away from being a disciple and instead of believing there's one way, mm -hmm. which is what the word says, right. they believe there's many ways. Yeah. So, and we've, we've done that with everything. He says, there's one way to live my life, but that way doesn't really make me happy Let's because I have a different route. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's one way to engage in relationships here on the earth. There's one way yeah. to, to have a marriage. There's one way to have sexual relationships. There's one way to do this stuff, but that stuff doesn't really make me happy. What makes me happy is being with this person yeah. and doing it my way. That's what makes me happy. And, and, and it's, it's bad yeah. because that a that's not discipleship 
And B, it's a very slippery slope because does that mean you're saved? Are you really saved right. if you say I'm a Christian, but you still continue to live how you want to live? Right. You still continue to do things your way? I don't know. Yeah. And and the word is not clear on this. Everybody has their own right. interpretation of this, right? And I choose to say that the word's clear, and it says, if I give my life to him, mm-hmm. there will be fruit or meat with my repentance. Remember Hebrews 11, 1, it talks about faith is the evidence, right? Right. What evidence do I have that backs up my faith? Mm. Not only when it comes to believing healing, I know the word of God is our evidence, like Pastor so brilliantly said on Sunday, the word of God is my evidence, and mm-hmm. I present my evidence. This is, but my lifestyle should also, my Reflect faith it. in Jesus Christ, there should be evidence mm-hmm. that shows that faith to this world. Exactly. And if there's no evidence, if there's no substance to my faith, yeah. if people can't clearly see it, Mm. And can't look at my life and say, wow, there is some evidence that that dude is following Jesus. Right. And, if, and, and what is that? Now, here's where we get to the, the whole deal of it. The evidence isn't what I decide the evidence is going to be. Right. The evidence must be what the Word of God says it's supposed to be. Mm. So if my evidence that I'm presenting, well, I'm a good person. I treat others respectfully. Yeah, that's all great and fine. But if I'm in an illegitimate relationship, that evidence is not the evidence that lines up with God's word. Right. Therefore, it's null and void. Mm. It's no longer evidence of a Christian lifestyle. Right. That's evidence of me wanting to do what I want to do. Right. So our evidence must line up with the word of God right. to tr- truly be evidence of our faith and our conviction in him. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it is not evidence of being a Christian life, period. End of story. Wow. Um, and so, you know, my finances, I've committed them to Lord. Mm-hmm. They're, they're his finances, not mine. Where's the evidence of that? I'm a tither and a giver. Yeah. That's my evidence. Yeah. And my evidence lines up with the word of God. So in that area of my life, I have submitted it to God. Yeah. He is the Lord of my finances. Yeah. My children, just like the word of God says, they belong to the Lord. And I believe in that. Where's the evidence of it? The way I'm raising them. We read our Bible every day as a family. We pray every day as a family. When they do something outside of the word of God, Rachel and I discipline them and bring them in line with the word of God. That is the evidence I have evidence to show the world that I believe my children belong to the Lord, right? Yeah. Um, I believe in one man for one woman. I believe that because that's what I'm taught from the Word of God. Where's the evidence of that? I've married one woman. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't have many wives, not like David. I don't have a lot of concubines or whatever the Bible calls them. You know what I mean? But the point is, is we should have evidence that proves we are a disciple, not a Christian, a disciple. And that evidence comes, now I know a lot of people don't like to hear this, but it's true. It comes with great sacrifice. Yeah. Great. Back to the superheroes, Peter mm-hmm. Parker, <laughs> Uncle Ben. <laughs> oh I saw gosh. the greatest meme the other day. It was Uncle Ben, and he was like, can we quit rebooting Spider-Man? Oh I'm tired gosh. of dying. <laughs> I'm tired of dying. I was so happy that they just like breezed past it real quick. Yeah. And the last one, like, ah, you already know what happened. <laughs> you already know. But Uncle Ben, what did he say? Great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, that's true. Being a Christian, there's great power. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not like power where I rule over others and I control over, but it gives me power over my life. Mm-hmm. And it gives me power over the enemy, which is the devil, yeah. not people, the devil. Yeah. It gives me power over the wiles of the devil. Mm-hmm. It gives me a shield of faith to cast down the fiery darts that the devil throws at me and my family. There's power in being a Christian. Yeah. But with that power comes great responsibility. What's the responsibility? I must do things his way, yeah. not my way. Mm-hmm. Just as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Not my will, your will. but your will be done. Mm-hmm. And then look at that. What did he do right after that? 
he went to the cross. Right. Died a miserable death. Took on up the that cross. <laughs> he took up that cross <laughs> and he followed it. God. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and I'm not saying that. And so just like the Apostle Paul said, I no longer live. Yeah. Yet Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. I crucify my flesh has been crucified. And that's what he said. Mm-hmm. I crucify the flesh. And so I think we have to examine everything. Why am I doing this? Yeah. And who am I doing this for? Right. Um, and then we have to give an honest answer. Yeah. You know, and when you get, and that'll also help you. Because like in my tithe, in my offerings, why am I doing this and who am I doing it for? Mm-hmm. Am I just doing it to get something from God? Mm. Well, that's the wrong heart. Yeah. But if I'm doing it to honor God. Right. Now that's something he can work with. Yeah. So even the things we've submitted to him, we have to keep it in check. Right. He'll prune us. Yep. Right? Yeah. And even in our, in our fruitfulness, he'll continue to prune keep us. Keep on pruning. He'll keep on pruning. It's a process, yeah. man. And uh, so like we tell the teenagers, you know, you try to be a better disciple tomorrow than you were today. Right. Yeah. I, one thing that really stuck out after all that beautiful ranch you just Sorry. Had. <laughs> I just went on for like <laughs> no, 10 minutes. No, you're good, man. It was all great <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, but one thing that just really stuck out to me is when you were talking about like how everyone just wants to be happy in a nutshell of like they just want to do their own thing. And, you know, Jesus, he did die to give us an abundant life. But at the same time, that abundant life isn't really only for ourselves. We're supposed to live in such abundance Mm. that it overflows into other people. Yeah, that's good. And I think that that's something that has really been revelational for me is that, you know, there's so many people that have such qualms with the prosperity gospel. And I think that there are some people that focus so much on the prosperity that if out of context, if you're not understanding what they're talking about it could seem money hungry and it could but if you focus on the fact that god wants you to be blessed it's because he wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing with purpose exactly you are meant to be blessed so that way you can in turn bless other people and show other people the goodness of god and lead people into his goodness and so yes he wants you happy but your happiness is meant to ultimately reflect who god is Mm -hmm. you being happy will show people how good of a life god can give you so it's not meant to be uh like that one person said of like well god wants me to have this so i'm just gonna have this you know it makes me think of like where uh you know in matthew 7 where he talks about ask and it'll be given to you knock and the door will be opened Mm -hmm. to you well there is a process you have to knock for the door to be opened you know it's not like some people don't want to knock yeah. Some people stand in front of the door and say, well, what's behind that door should already be mine. I want that. Yeah. So they go to another door and kick it down and get it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you got go right. to you gotta go to God's door That's right. and knock on his right, door. Because right. what he has behind that door is the best thing for you. Yeah. Don't go to some other door. Right. Don't go to some other person yeah. to get it because it's not going to be a lasting thing. Yeah. You got to take the time to go to God's doorstep and knock on his door. That's right. And sometimes it's a process. That's why the Amplified Bible said, keep on knocking. Yeah. <laughs> there right. might, it might not just be one knock and then you're done. There might be a process within that knock and yeah. that, that, that knock knocking is pruning, that knocking is seeking, that knocking is is getting uh, ready to receive what's behind that yep. door. And yep. so we have to do it in a way that God wants it to be yep. done. And that door that he's talking about is Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus is found in the Word. Mm-hmm. And so we knock through the Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you must knock through the Word, you must seek through the Word, and when you knock through the Word and you seek through the Word, you find what God has for yeah. you. And if it doesn't line up with the word, it's not from God. Yeah. And there's no other way to put that. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it doesn't, and I, I, I don't understand the complication here because, well, I do understand. People want what they want. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's the complication. Mm-hmm. They want what they want. And since they want what they want, they, Take they, they knock at other doors yeah. and they find a way to make this round peg fit in a square hole. Yeah. 
which is uncomfortable and awkward, right? <laughs> they force it. They through. force it in there, yeah. and then it doesn't last. At some point in time, it will either it's not going to last, or it won't produce what God intended it to yeah. produce. Period. Mm-hmm. And you know, I keep saying that a lot. Period. Period. <laughs> With a hard P into the microphone. A hard period. period. <laughs> but the reason why I'm saying period is because, and I'm, I'm I'm stirred up about this because I see it attacking <laughs> mostly the younger culture. Mm-hmm. People are adding so much to this life of discipleship and Christianity that God is standing back and He's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing there? That's not what I said. That's yeah. not, that's not in the Word. You can't just add that to your life and. See, God doesn't bless the things that we add to our life. He mm. blesses the things he adds to yeah. our life. And, uh, and so it's, it's, we've got to knock at the right door, mm-hmm. brilliantly said by you. Well, what is the right door? It's the word of God. Yeah. We've got to seek the right thing. What is the right thing? It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we seek Jesus through the word. As he said in John 1, I am the word, mm-hmm. made flesh. You know? And so when we do that, it shows us what is legitimately supposed to be in our life and what's not supposed to be in our life. And we have to <laughs> deny ourselves Take off a cross and follow him. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it is applicable to everything. Absolutely everything. Everything. Um, you and I can't be in ministry purely because we want to be in ministry. Yeah. Is this God's call for our life? Well, I knock on the door. I seek him. And then he shows me the steps that he's ordered for me. That's another scripture. Yeah. The steps of the righteous are ordered. That means I don't choose them. Mm. I can't choose where to go and what to say and how to live. He's ordered it. He has written it down, you know? How frustrating would it be if you sat at a table at a restaurant, let's say you went to Taco Mama's, and you're like, I want two tacos with chips and queso, and they bring you, like, a burrito with, like, (laughs) chips and guacamole. That's not what I ordered. It's so frustrating, right? Like, did you not listen? Did you not hear what I said? (laughs) And I feel like that's God sometimes. He's like, that's not what I ordered. Mm send it back (laughs) you know what i mean this is what i ordered (laughs) and uh now what's cool about that you know the bible says uh wait on the lord and that's talking about like how a waiter waits on a restaurant and it says wait on the lord when you wait on the lord he always pays for what he orders (laughs) you know what i mean he's not trying to skip out on the check he's not trying so if he asks you to do something he's gonna cover it yeah you know the steps he has for your life he's gonna take care of them right but you have to stay on his steps. You yeah. have to walk. And he'll take care of it. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll meet all your needs according to his riches. Whatever it is, he's going to take care of it. Yeah, he always he, does. He, always, he covers the bill. But a lot of people get away from what he ordered, and then they're like, cover the bill. Mm. And he's like, I didn't order that. <laughs> this isn't mine. That's it. You eat that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't order it. You know, I didn't want a burrito. I asked you for a taco. <laughs> you know? and, and we have to stop doing that. We have to stop ordering what we want and then mm. expecting God to pay for That's it. That's so good. I feel like there's someone that said it once, like, just because it's a good idea doesn't mean it's a God idea. Amen. Like, that, that's a really exactly. good way to think about it. Like, it's not everything way. that's a good idea is a God idea. Run it by him first. Run it by him. And there are some things that are good ideas, and he does. he's not really particular about Yeah. Yeah, I think there are some extracurricular things that you can do in your life that God's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. You know, yeah. You can he, do that. He has no opinion one way or the other. Right. Like, for example, if he tells you to go to college— Okay, he told you to go to college. Well, which college should I go to? Well, if he wasn't particular, you ought to choose go. the one you want. <laughs> yeah, which one feels you know, good to you? Yeah, which one seems good to you? Just He told you to go to college, so just go to college. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we get in the weeds with stuff so heavily that we try to find God in it, and mm-hmm. God's already spoke to us. Yeah, he's just <laughs> yeah. like, I've already said it. <laughs> I've already said I told you to go to college. <laughs> and, and you're like stressing and vexing, you know what I mean? Um, oh and gosh. so now we have to be led and, you know, right, if, if sure. we, if we're filling out an application for Auburn and, and we, it doesn't feel right, then that means we're supposed to go to Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just teasing. Oh my I'm just teasing. But you know it's what I mean. It's probably UNA. I'm yeah, you can't, you can't violate the, oh you know, the heart. But anyways, uh, you know, I feel like we're, we're rambling on a little bit. But you, you cannot order things in your life and then expect God to pay for them. Yeah. You must follow him. Yep. Take up your cross. Add to your life what is acceptable to be added. And you know what's acceptable because the word of God has told you. Yeah. And then as you do that, he will bless it. Yeah. It's so good. I feel like we... Period. Period. Let's just put a big old fat period on the end of this. I feel like it's good. <laughs> uh, man, I just feel like this has been a really good conversation. I really like... I didn't expect it to go this far. You know what I'm right. saying? Like sometimes like something so simple doesn't seem like it's going to expound like this, yeah. but I love it. Yeah. It's even given me some things to like think about like, dang, that's really good. Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm pruning myself even yeah. more so, you know? like, And uh, just a full circle, the good fruit, the branch that produces good fruit still needs to be pruned. It does. So you're, you're never done pruning. So don't, don't continue, continually pick up your cross, continually yep. deny yourself, continually pick up your every day, daily, daily process. Daily process. Yep. It's kind of like this summer, I took a picture and put it on our Insta, my Instagram of uh, our lavender mm. and my lavender plant was going crazy. <laughs> And your wife replied yeah. to it, and she's like, you need to prune those suckers. <laughs> and I was like, really? Why? And she's like, if you cut them, new ones will grow. Yeah. And she's like, it'll keep producing. She's mm-hmm. like, I prune mine like two or three times a season. Yeah. Kylie, like, I, she just did it, like, out of happenstance. She's like, ah, oh, let's plant some lavender. I was like, all right, cool. And she's just been, like, plucking lavender like crazy. Yeah. Our house smells wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is if I would not, you get to a place where no more growth can happen. Mm-hmm. It's produced everything it's going to produce. Yeah. But once you prune it, yeah. now more can come. Yeah. Right? And in our Christian life, we get to a place where we've grown as much as we can grow. And that's where God's like, okay, right. now let me prune some more off of you yeah. here, even though you're producing fruit, because I want more to be produced. Yeah. And so, and, and she was right. We cut those lavenders and then, you know, <laughs> a little while later, it was like... <laughs> more lavender all over the place you know and so it's just an easy illustration to show you the pruning process is good right yeah like even another natural thing we have some hydrangeas in our backyard and uh we it's kind of we don't know when we were supposed to prune them but i had looked it up and it's like well you need to make sure you prune them because if you only prune them by this time they're not going to produce more Mm. next season like Mm. you'll only get one harvest out Uh, of them if you don't if you don't prune them by a certain time because the plant thinks like oh i only need to produce this much yeah so if you don't prune them regularly the the plant gets conditioned to think like i only need to produce this yeah but it's meant to produce more so you got to keep pruning it yeah yeah so very cool you need to produce more yeah prune yourself prune yourself (laughs) with the word of god and with what he said and don't leave things in your life that aren't supposed to be there the pruning process is to cut things Yeet it out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. To make the, the new stuff grow in. Amen. So. All right, guys. Deny that was a yourself. good, good talk. Hey, good here's, talk. A, here's a quick little plug for you. Um, we need more topics. We need more, more submissions. More, 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 uh, more, if you got more, some, more. Some, some burning questions or some, <laughs> some deep thoughts that you want to throw at us, be sure to send it over to seawall.org slash ablazepodcast. Anonymously. Um, Even if they're not deep thoughts. Secretly put those there. (laughs) Secretly put them there. We don't know who sends them, so it's cool. I I like it because you can just be uh, very honest and very real about some of those those questions that maybe you don't feel comfortable asking in person. Or if you just want to text us or DM us or whatever, we'll take those questions too. If you don't care that you're the one that asked, you do it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we love you guys, and we'll see you on the next talk. Goodbye. Bye now. Goodbye.